in a way, meditation is simply getting to the place where we can see the stars of heaven. Getting out of all the bright lights that can surround us, keep us going, that crowd out the simple stars of heaven that are there all the time. But it's really a matter of us making the effort to be in the place where we can see them. For us, meditation, similar to to fasting, it's clearly a, a biblical practice, but not one that we're given real clear direction it's one in which uh, there's freedom in how we practice, but the assumption of its necessity in our lives as uh, Christians. Just as we talked about last week with fasting, it's assumed biblically that we will, but without giving any guidelines. And for some of you today, you joined with us. We joined together in fasting yesterday, in uh, skipping the lunch and dinner and breakfast, and then... Uh, so that we break the fast at the Lord's feast in a little bit. If you didn't, if you weren't here last Sunday for God or didn't work out schedule-wise, don't worry. We're going to make that a, a habit, a practice of ours for 2009. And we'll begin in January. And it found it really uh, a, a little bit, uh, a little meditation, a little reflection over our experience in our house. For it was, for one, it was simply a, a fun thing, uh, maybe fun's not an appropriate word, but for me it was, I don't know that anybody else would say it was, for us to do it together, for all five of us, to say, we're going, we're going to fast, so that uh, we'll break the fast at worship. Now, it's a, um, most of my crew comes to the second service, so there's a benefit for me to come to the first service especially. But if nothing more, to get in touch with our own hunger, and just to Talk about that for a moment and just to remind each other, well, we, we feast on God. That, that's not normally our conversation on Saturdays. And it was yesterday. And another great benefit is that you really look forward to Sunday because you get to feast. And that's not a normal conversation in our household either. Maybe it is in yours, but a, a habit simply of fasting for us to do together and how it's benefited us in simple ways, at least that we're aware of, in other ways that maybe we're not aware of. Meditation can be the the same kind of discipline, of of practice that we gain from in ways, some ways we can see and other ways that go deeper than we can even recognize cognitively. Uh, Our first passage this morning is Psalm 1. And we'll hang there for a a little bit. We've read part of it already. Let's uh, continue to pray together. Gracious God, we give you thanks for your written word as it speaks to us what is wise and what is true and what is good, what truly brings life. And we, we ask that your spirit would continue to speak to us now. Open the very eyes of our heart to to see you. So that we might not know you just with our head. But that we might know you with our very soul. And follow you with all of our lives. In Jesus we pray. 
Amen. Psalm chapter 1, the first psalm found on page 424 of your pew Bible. I invite you to, to turn there with me or to follow along on the screen. Happy are those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, or take the path that sinners tread, or sit in the seat of scoffers. But their delight is in the law of the Lord, and on His law they meditate day and night. They are like trees planted by streams of water, which yield their fruit in its season, and their leaves do not wither. In all that they do, they prosper. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand into the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Passages like the one, this one in Psalm 1, and like uh, we've uh, reviewed already today, and uh, a number of other passages and the information that was handed to you today. Uh, over and over again, you hear the, the biblical call to meditate. Uh, and to meditate in, on a number of different objects. To meditate on God's Word, as we hear here, as we hear in Psalm 119, over and over again, meditate on God's law. In Psalm 8 that we read, or in Psalm 143 or 145, we hear the call to, to meditate on God's works. On the very work of creation, we're called to, to meditate. And even on God Himself. Paul, in Colossians, as we read, calls us to, to, to put our mind on the things of heaven. To set our mind on the things Above. We find it throughout church history. Uh, Calvin and a number of the reformers, John Owen also particularly, reminded us to, to set our mind on the things of heaven, to, to meditate there, to focus our attention so that we would not focus our attention on the things of this earth, so that we would not be focused on the pain and the hurts that we might encounter on this earth, or that we would not be focused on the pursuit of the earth's riches. Call us to, to meditate on the things above. It is an action. Meditation, as much as we think of it as sort of a, an internal, uh, silent inactivity, is actually very active in part. To put ourselves in the place where we can see the stars. To, to put ourselves in that still, quiet place. So that we can hear from God. Again, similar to the discipline of fasting. If I had to give meditation a, a definition, this is what I would say meditation is. Christian biblical meditation. Focused and surrendered attention to God, God's Word, God's works, in order to receive from God. A focused and surrendered attention to God in order to receive from God. 
The famous passage, Psalm 46.10, I mean, best summarizes it biblically. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know God. There is an active participation of pursuing that place of stillness in order that there we do nothing but be in the presence of the Holy Spirit. So that we might experience, might hear, might know Him, might receive Him. It's taking seriously that the notion that we, that we all claim to have a relationship with God. It's taking seriously the necessity of being with God. It's taking seriously the reality of the truth of the indwelling Holy Spirit who lives within us, who is speaking to us at all times, just like the stars are shining at all times. And the need for us to, to get out of the lights and the hurry and to be and to listen and to receive. And Paul says it well in 1 Corinthians 2. We speak of these things in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual things to those who are spiritual. And if we are followers of Jesus, we are born again. We are born anew. Our spirit has been given birth within us, so we are spiritual. If we are followers of Jesus, and meditation is that way of being quiet with God. And listening, and hearing, and experiencing Him. If, if in prayer we talk to God, meditation is that form of prayer in which we listen. Time with God plus quiet equals listening. Now, a, a couple things uh, that Christian meditation is not. I mean, throughout... Uh, Church history are in a couple things that the, the church has said, be sure to recognize that Christian meditation, biblical meditation is not this. It's not emptying of yourself to the impersonal cosmic consciousness of the world. That may be a secular definition or other religious definitions, but it's not an emptying of ourselves to the cosmic consciousness of the world. It is bringing of yourself to a personal God, to a real personal God who will communicate with yourself. So it's not emptying, it's bringing yourself, and it is then surrendering yourself unto that God. Giving God control of that time with Him. So it's not emptying of yourself, and it's not study. As much as I like study, I spend a lot of time doing it. But meditation is not study. It's actually a step beyond, I would say. I mean, because study is of the mind. You know, that's where it focuses. It's of the external facts that are out there that we learn and try to understand so that then we can control them. Because once we understand them, we're able to control them. So study, as important and significant as it is, and a, a, ne- a, a necessary brother or sister to meditation. It is not study. Meditation is allowing God's living word through the Holy Spirit to penetrate more than our minds, to penetrate even into our emotions where we hurt, where we feel, where we rejoice. 
Allowing God's living word through the Holy Spirit to penetrate even our wills. The place where we make choices and decisions. So this element of of spiritual pathways, of being with God, is a redemption of the imagination. Now this, this gets a little scary for some of us. Imagination, whoa, isn't that where the devil lives? Last I read and heard, no, it isn't. The imagination needs to be redeemed as much as our emotions, as much as our cognition, as much as our actions and wills. The imagination needs to be redeemed and be given over to the spirit. The devil has no control over the imagination. If the spirit is in control. That's not a place where all of a sudden the the evil one has greater power than the creator of the universe. Now, the Holy Spirit is Lord even over our imagination. Just like He's Lord over our will, our actions, or our thoughts. Or at least, what we desire, what we pursue. Our desire and meditation is to make the Lord, make the Spirit, allow the Spirit to be Lord even over our imagination. To redeem Even our imagination. Now, the same principles here as we venture into meditation. The input is scripture. And the guidelines are scripture. I mean, if we're alone, if we're still before the Lord, if we get to the place where we can see the stars, and there we feel, we sense the Lord is calling us to sin. Wrong. That's not the voice of the Lord. I mean, God will not contradict himself. His living word won't contradict his written word. The very purpose of meditation is for the scriptures to come more alive within us. For his living word truly to gain root within us and to transform, or as Dallas Willard says, to renovate our heart. I'm reminded of Mother Teresa who regularly corrected folks who, who thought she was a social activist And she said, I'm not a social activist. I'm a contemplative. I want to be with Jesus. And this is just where he sends me. Maybe that's another reason we shy away from the meditation and allowing God to be control of our imagination. It's just so much more safer for me if I'm in control of my imagination than God. Also, another principle, another guideline for meditation is we do this within community. We, we do this with, with, with one another. We share with each other. As, as pe- some, some of us have a bunch of mess in our lives, some evil stuff that we've either done or been done to us, stuff that is grotesque. And when we are still before God, that stuff comes rushing. And, and we need help. We need others who have been trained and guided just as a child with her mother. Pointing out how the stars align. Pointing out, no, this is the truth of God that speaks to that evil, to that mess that's in your life. And that's why we have a ministry of care and counseling here. That's why in a moment we'll have healing stations. Whatever 
that, that mess might be, if it's, if it's beyond your ability, that's why God has provided us that we meditate with one another. So we take action to be still and to know God. And that knowledge of God, I want to just look real quickly at Ephesians chapter 1. We'll just look at verse 17 and 19 of chapter 1. But you can look also at chapter 3, 14 and 19 later. But this is, this is Paul and this is his prayer for the Ephesians. And, and listen to this. We're not going to get to spend too much time here, but get the big picture here of how this is what Paul wants for the Ephesians. He wants them to experience God, to know God in their depth, not just in their mind, but in their soul. Starting with verse 17. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know him, so that with the eyes of your heart enlightened, you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance among the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power for us who believe according to the working of his great power. I mean, we could spend days just unpacking these particular words, But what he wants us is to know that that spirit of revelation, the spirit of wisdom, that spirit of God showing you something you don't know. And that comes in, in our time with him where God reveals to our very soul and even the words that he enlightens the eyes of your heart. Even Paul is at a loss for words of of a picture, of a metaphor to describe what it means to know God. And we must realize, you know, that biblical picture of knowing. You know, the old phrase, to know one in a biblical way. Adam knew Eve and they had children. An intimate knowledge. Not a head knowledge, but a spirit knowledge, a soul knowledge, something that we can't even put words to. Something that is mystery. And meditation allows us to experience that mystery that we find a difficult time putting words to and describing. We have to explain it in pictures and experiences. Just as Paul is doing here with the Ephesians and what we want for ourselves. I wonder if some of us here are stuck spiritually. I wonder if we're just sort of stuck. And I think that these spiritual pathways are for us if we're stuck. Meditation is one of those practices that helps us say, God, I'm stuck. My plans aren't working anymore with you. I don't experience and feel you and I want to. So here I am. Speak to me. One of the ways of, of meditation is what the church has called Lectio Divina. Many of you heard that before. It means divine reading. And it's simply a way that we read the scriptures. That we, as we read through a passage, we let a word or a phrase take control of us. We let the Spirit sear that word or phrase in our minds and let it run. And we just, we just sit with it for five, ten minutes. And, and we explore what 
what does God bring to our mind? What, what actions, what thoughts, what pictures? How does God redeem our imagination as we meditate on His Word? And the great thing about having His Word as our focus is that when our minds go off track, mine in about 15 seconds, towards the grocery list or the things that we do, well then, we come back to the Word. We come back to the text. God, what are you saying? It's a discipline. You see, there is a whole lot of effort in meditation. Larry, can you put Psalm 1 back on the the first three verses back on the the screen? Because what I want us to do now is simply meditate on this passage. Perfect. I want us to to practice it. I mean, there's just, we can only talk so much about it. The, The point is to practice in our meditation. The, the basic point when, when we meditate on the Word is we get to the place where, where we can see the stars. I mean, for me, I, I like it still and quiet. I like to be alone with no other noises around me. Bill Watson shared just a few, other, few weeks ago from here that he finds his still quiet place when he's walking. And that's the time that he's really meditating on God's works, on the character of God, or on God's word. But you, get to the place, and then practice it, as we said. Simply, let his word take control. Let the spirit lead us to a picture, to a word, to a phrase, that we come back over and over again. What does that mean? What are you saying to us? And then we take that passage and we we read it with Jesus. We pray for the Spirit to open the eyes of our heart, to enlighten the eyes of our heart, so that we might truly be still and know and experience God. We let go of control and see what God does. And then we share it with others. Be still and know that God is Be still and know in the biblical way, in that intimate way, know God. Now we've read, you've heard this read twice already. You have it on the screen if you want to have it uh, before you in the, with your Bible, page 424. Or if you want to close your eyes. And if need to, it'll be on the screen. It'll be on, in your Bible. I'll, I'll read it again and just ask a few questions for you to meditate on. It might be worthwhile, too, to have a pen, to have your, your bulletin in front of you. Because maybe a thought or a phrase or something will come to mind and that's helpful to journal it right there. Or it may be that an idea or something that you've got to do after church comes to your mind and you need to write it down so you can put it aside. That's okay. Do that. Do whatever you need to in order to be still before God because that's what we want. We want, his, we want to meditate on His Word so that He is real to us. So if you'd like, uh, close your eyes. Psalm 1, verses 
1 through 3. I don't think we have all three verses on the screen, but you'll get the gist. Happy are those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or take the path that sinners tread or sit in the seat of scoffers. But their delight is in the law of the Lord. And on His law they meditate day and night. They are like trees planted by streams of water which yield their fruit in its season. And their leaves do not wither. In all that they do, they prosper. I invite all to close their eyes. Picture the tree. Picture the tree next to a stream, a running stream. Maybe a place that you've been or a place that you create in your mind's eye. Let the Spirit create that place. We're told that that place is healthy. That place is beautiful. The tree is filled with fruit. How do you feel when you see the tree? Be there. Feel the breeze. Appreciate the beauty. Appreciate what you see. What do you do? Do you sit under the shade of the tree? Do you run and eat its fruit? Or do you climb in its branches? Enjoy the tree. How did you enjoy the tree? This is how God wants you to enjoy Him and the gift of your life that He's given to you. That same joy that you had on that tree planted by a stream of water is the joy God wants you to have in Him Hear Him speak to you as you are enjoying whatever you're doing 
around the tree. Hear His word to you. Those who delight in my law and meditate day and night on it are like trees planted by streams of water which yield their fruit in its season and their leaves do not wither. Happy are those. Amen. Now as we come to another time of meditation,